Okay, so that's 770 different safety signals, okay, that the, the public has not been made aware of, that, that the CDC knows about, but didn't release it. And again, it took a FOIA request to get it released. Hello, everyone, and welcome back to another episode of the Fortify podcast, where our goal is to talk about all things that are hopefully fortifying to you and to your local community. Hey, 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 everyone. Thanks for tuning in today. And today I'm with Stephanie Ripple, who, if you've tuned in before, you know that she covers the VAERS data for Indiana residents. So, Stephanie, thanks for sitting down here and collecting all this information for us. Of course. All right. Well, let's... um, I guess there's a couple comments I do want to make before we start, and that is we have talked about before how VAERS is is very inadequate in the sense that it has been proven that, or what should I say, um, it has been shown that VAERS only collects between 1% to 10% of actual adverse events for the reasons we've talked about before it's cumbersome for doctors or whatever doctors and nurses don't know about it and this i just keep hearing so on twitter i'm on these twitter spaces where you have people who host an audience and there can be this last one i was in over the weekend or last friday there were over ten thousand. it was um, on vaccine people who were telling their vaccine injury stories one thing that you heard over and over and over again was that my doctor never put it in. I asked if it was put in. Some people had even said that they put it in and now it's gone. Yes. And we're going to talk about that a little bit today. So keep in mind, a lot of this isn't even getting reported. And the other thing that I want to talk about a little later is that the CDC had all of these reports um, on the mRNA adverse events reports. They had all these reports. They didn't release them, wouldn't release them. Well, it took a FOIA, a Freedom of Information Act request, to get them to release it. That data was released a couple weeks ago. And what has been found is that there were um, 770 safety signals. Okay, so that's 770 different safety signals, okay, that the the public has not been made aware of, that, that the CDC knows about, but didn't release it. And again, it took a FOIA request to get it released. And two thirds of those are larger than the myocarditis signal. And that's huge because we know now that it does cause the, the vaccine can cause myocarditis, pericarditis in some people. And so there are 770 of these. And what was the report? Two-thirds of which are lar- larger than the myocarditis and twice as many as all other vaccines since 2009. Okay, so this was, I listened to a fabulous recap of this yesterday. React 19 did it, and I'm just waiting for them to put it up on their website. It was a live uh, Zoom and I'm just waiting for that. And I'm hoping that by the time we release this, you'll be able to listen to that. So for all the people that say, oh, you can't trust VAERS for this or that, we get it. We get that correlation does not mean causation. But when you hear this, you're just thinking, what in the world? Why has not the CDC? Well, the same reason I've played the clip before where Bree talks about how she was in the trials with the secret protocols at the NIH. She was in those secret protocols, 
those trials with those secret protocols to help because they know the vaccine injured need help, but then they the NIH stopped working with these people. They're just like, oh, in fact, they published a study that said, oh, yes, they were all resolved. The NIH did, and it's a total lie, and I have that. Again, I'll put it in the show notes. Um, you, Brie was in these, and the, the other vaccine injured, and they're like, this is not the truth. We just want people to be aware of this information, for whatever reason, this information isn't getting out. We're not here to talk about that. We're just saying we want you to be aware of it. So, Stephanie, if you'll just go over what you have for us today and, um, yeah, enlighten us here. Sure. Um, we're seeing it's quieter, I guess, over the last month than last time I met with you. There aren't quite as many VAERS reports coming in. I'm not sure what's going on or well, part of that reason could be because a lot of people aren't getting, you know, the vaccine, so you don't see as many True. reports. The other thing is, is we have had information where the information is being deleted. There was uh, something that was being shared, and I'm just trying to confirm this site. Well, I know this site is legitimate. I'm just trying to understand the data on there where they're saying, okay, all of these records are now being deleted, and why is this? So I, we don't know. But part of the reason I think you could see less is just because people aren't getting the vaccine. That's true. You're right. Um, but what we have seen in Indiana correlates with what we're seeing out in the world. Uh, a lot of heart issues still, sudden cardiac arrest. Actually, someone died of that. There was a report this month and atrial flutter, um, myocarditis. I mean, we're seeing all the same things in Indiana that you're seeing across the nation and the world. Uh, stroke, abnormal heart rhythms. You know, one of the things that was interesting that the gentleman talked about yesterday, and you had mentioned this maybe last month, is there's been a really high rate of appendicitis. Yes. That, to me, because when he said that yesterday, I was just like, oh my goodness, we've had those show up. And that's not something that you would normally think of. But again, comparing, he's comparing this to all other vaccinations, all other adverse refractions since 2000, since 2009. It had, so something to keep in mind if you've had a recent, and we're not, we're not saying that it caused it. We're just saying, hey, this could be a signal for something. Right. And I think a lot of people who have appendicitis and had the shot probably don't make the connection. Oh, for sure. So again, there's the underreporting that's happening there. <clears throat> I wanted to bring up the kids of Indiana because I, you were talking with Ashley about a bill that is yes. coming to the floor, or well, maybe, about the kids not being forced to get the COVID shots. Correct. Correct. Okay. So I just think it's good to know and take a look at what's happening to kids in Indiana and why we need to get behind that and support it. We have multiple reports of multi-system inflammatory syndrome that with an onset within a week of the vaccine, up to two months of the vaccine, kids five, eight, 12. Wow. Mm-hmm. Wow. Um, we have just strange things that we don't have all the information for that don't really make a lot of sense. But uh, a teenage boy who woke up with neck discomfort uh, a f several months after his shot and 
you know, he went to the ER, got blood work done. They didn't find anything. He ends up in rehab and at a pediatric neurologist and they decide to inject Botox into his neck. So I have no idea what's happening. Yeah, there have been, I've seen a a lot of going on with, um, you know, joint, joint injury, joint pain and musculoskeletal. And again, if we could trust our government agencies to be actually following up on these safety signals, maybe we'd be more inclined to be like, oh, okay, at least somebody's checking into that. Mm-hmm. But again, with secret protocols and having to get FOIA requests to get anything out of the CDC, this is no way to build trust. This is no way to move forward. No, no. And then just, I mean, the usual things, pericarditis, appendicitis, with the kids, yeah. With the kids. Vision issues. Oh, yeah. That's those, another big yeah, one. Yeah. I mean, a teenage boy who within a couple weeks, a little less than a couple weeks of his shot, he his vision w- went down to 2060 and then eventually down to 2100 and he was having eye surgery. And so this is this actually has been pretty common. And even going back to when I first started um, – monitoring these reports that were just coming up on the news or whatever back in early 2020. I can't believe it's been two years. Um, people were talking about vision, vision issues. So yeah, I, I, we just wish people we could follow up on this and see what, what's really going on. Right. Yeah. So I wanted to mention the kids. I, I looked up just to see how many cases in Indiana there were of death you know, potentially connected with the shots. And there's 165. That doesn't sound like a lot when you think about all the people that live in Indiana. Correct. But when you look at how previous vaccinations have been treated when people have died and how they've been pulled for the market from many fewer than 165 deaths. Oh, yeah. I think the last one they pulled, it was 43 or 49 Yes. And again, even then, that was that whole thing that Chris Wallace did on 60 Minutes Back. I think it was 1975. Even then, they were just like, well, we're not sure. It's the, the cause isn't really connected. But they still pulled it. Right. They still pulled it. Yeah. So I want to mention that. And I mean, the deaths are from all, well, I shouldn't say all kinds of things, but the common things were pulmonary embolism, Enlarged heart and liver, massive hemorrhages, cardiac arrest, sepsis, heart attack, stroke, multiple organ failure, acute respiratory failure. Um, yeah, there, it's all in line with what you see on the national scale. So seeing COVID-19 as a cause of death, you know, reminded me there's been multiple leaders who have said from the beginning when the whole rollout started. Right that it was going to protect you from death. We know that's not true now, but I mean, I pulled up this quote from Biden when he was at a town hall in Cincinnati. He said, "You're okay. You're not going to you're not going to get COVID if you have these vaccinations. If you're vaccinated, you're not going to be hospitalized, you're not going to be in the ICU unit, and you're not going to die." So, in Indiana, Reported to VAERS, we have 29 cases of people who got the shot and then died from COVID. Uh, You know, this reminds me of, and I'm just looking here on my phone because I, well, number, you know, that you say this and that whole, there's a video that I don't know if you've seen it where you've seen news, 
people like Rachel Maddow and then Rochelle Walensky saying, oh, don't worry. If you get the vaccine, you can't get it. You won't transmit yes. it. And blah. So that's what we were told, right? Well, last week in the Washington Post, um, and again, the fact that this was even written in the, allowed to be written in the Washington Post tells you that the tide is changing a little bit. Um, it had said that the headlines, a couple of excerpts from the article, Vaccinated people who never had COVID were at least three times as likely to be infected as unvaccinated people with prior infection. And a Lancet study found that those who were vaccinated but never had COVID were four times as likely to have severe illness, resulting in hospitalization or death compared to the unvaccinated who recovered from it. So this mantra of what we've heard is you're never going to get it. Oh, well, if you have it and, you know, get vaccinated, you're double protected. That's just totally, there's, there's a whole nother section of science that is contradicting all of that. And again, if we could just talk about it and, and I will say again, too, if you're not on Twitter, you really should be because the amount of information that, and conversations that are happening is a wonderful thing where this stuff is being debated and talked about. And, and it opens up censorship kills. It absolutely kills. Yes. Like if we, one of the parents that was in the, um, this vaccinated group, um, well, actually it was Stephanie DeGary's, I mean, Maddie DeGary's mom, Stephanie, she was speaking and she said, if people could have known what happened to Maddie and what happened to Ernest Romero's son, you know, they, you know, Maddie's yeah. in a wheelchair. Maybe some of these injuries could have not occurred if people could have just known about it. You know, the principal investigator for Maddie totally covered up everything that happened to her. Censorship kills, folks. We need literally. to talk. Literally, we need to be able to talk about this. And, um, yeah, so I don't know. Did you have anything else there? No, I mean, the, it's all the same stuff over yes. and over again, so I don't need to go through every example, but um, I would encourage people to, like you talked about getting on that Twitter space with yeah. the vaccine injured. I was on there with you too, actually. And You know what? I'll post... I'll post the link in the show notes because they have, you can re-listen to it. I mean, these go on for four or five, six right. hours, but you can get a good, I mean, you hear these people telling their stories and, and you're just, you just think, how has this happened? Yeah, that's what I was going to say. Just, you don't need to listen to four to six hours, but just get on there, hear some stories, believe that it's happening, you know, support the cause in some way, it, whether it's praying for them, whether it's donating money for medical yeah, bills, the care, yeah. whether it's sharing their stories, the videos that you put out and with other people to make more people aware. And that's, that's just our whole goal here is can we just bring awareness and, and can we just start talking about it? And one other thing that I want to bring awareness to is an initiative that React 19 has started. So React 19 has really focused on helping the injured get help. But there's a whole segment of the population who they themselves haven't been injured, but their child has or their wife has or their husband has. And so they've started um, a new program. And I will put that in the show notes. The name of it's escaping me. Um, but a husband and wife has started it because their son died after the shot. And as a place to 
be able to tell your story, tell, tell about the loved one that you lost, kind of a memorial where just a place. And I, I know, you know, having lost a child, that's so important that people just don't forget about them. And so the, it, it's this kind of initiative to have a memorial for those who have died, who, who've told their story. So these parents can come together and go, oh my gosh, yes, this happened to me too. Or, you know, husband, there are some people who, well, some have lost their husbands, some have lost their wives. And just, there's something to be able to just grieve together that somebody else knows your pain. Yeah. And um, so I'll put that in the show notes as well. So is there anything else, you know, for this, for this go around? I don't think so. I'll just keep watching. And yeah, keep, keep watching, keep and reporting. And um, we'll put all that information out that we talked about. And just thanks for listening. And yeah, please go out to, you know, we all say, be informed, be engaged and be kind. Do the, do the best that you can with what you know to, to fortify the community around you. Thank you so much for joining us today. Be sure to check out the show notes for helpful links discussed in today's episode. Until next time, may you be a fortifier to the world around you.